1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker upper, Or you shop in store. Your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
2: Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network i'm um, paul fontaine alongside me as always uh, is ryan frederick and ryan i want to say this might be our first like regular show of the year or have we done one other one where we like have a show to review
3: and another one to preview we we had that one you know a couple about a month ago after the calvin cater giga show going into okay. per view, right so, leading into the pay-per-view yeah
2: Okay, all right. So it just feels like we haven't had a regular show in a while. But <laughs> well,
3: this will be the uh the format going forward, I guess. <laughs> well, we got to we got to get used we'll get we'll get back to used to it with all these, you know, we got only half 40 yeah. more UFC events over the next <laughs> 11 months to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and
2: it's uh, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of shows like the one we just watched and you know, we always talk about, you know, sometimes these shows don't look great on paper and then you know when we actually watch them, they tend to be pretty good. This one, I don't know. I want to say it was kind of like what we expected it to be on paper. I mean, we had one really good fight on the undercard, but there, you know, the rest of it was kind of just there. I mean, you know, main event was fine. It wasn't bad or anything, but it wasn't like a it was even close to like a you know fight of the year contender or anything.
3: I will say, I will say, this was the third best UFC show of the year. Was it the third show of the year? Yes. Yes. I don't even know. I lost count. Okay. Yeah. No, it was,
2: uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. Cause we didn't have any shows the first two weeks and then we had last week, we didn't have a show. So, uh, yeah, the third best show of the year. That's a good way to put it. Um, a lot of, lot of fights. I mean, uh, you know, again, I I will say, you know, I, we, we both started doing ratings on our show and like a couple of these fights I actually had rated like pretty low. Um, you know, you know, and not necessarily, uh you know, because of anything that the guys did or anything, just, you know, it was just, it wasn't like my world on fire. I don't know. Um, had my grandson watching with me for a while, which was kind of cool. Um, he came over It was my birthday this week and, uh, you know, he was over a couple times and, uh, that, that was kind of cool. Um, speaking of which, um, this coming week, um, it's my anniversary. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. We are going to be doing another special show for the Patreon on, um, after the UFC pay-per-view, uh, if we can uh, get connected. Um, I know you're going to be there live, right in Houston. Yes. Yeah. So we're going to try to connect. Um, now I'm also going to be, i'm not going to be home uh i we are uh, we're going away for our anniversary but we're just staying in town we just rented a hotel room and um we're going to be like downtown you know nice nice room by the river and stuff but you know my wife goes to bed early so i'll be up late and uh i'll try to watch the main card at least i probably won't be able to watch the prelims but i'll watch the main card and then we're going to do a show um and uh and then we'll you know and then we'll review yeah uh, you know do our regular little mini review next week but uh we'll do a full review and we should have a guest um I talked to Garrett and and I think Garrett's going to come on with us as well so if for some reason I don't get to watch the show um then it'll just be you and Garrett well you'll um, be you'll be involved or if well hopefully If I can, if I can get out of the room and get connected, that's the thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll figure out a way um yeah but either way like we'll do a show and it'll be up on sunday morning so uh you know that you guys can all look forward to that if you're not already signed up for the patreon go ahead and do so it's five bucks and we got a lot of great stuff on there uh weekly shows uh, and then all the all the shows in the free feed have a at least one special monthly show so we'll be doing that but uh we yeah before we get to houston we've got to go over this show from the apex and uh yeah, main event was a middleweight fight, to, uh, you know, kind of guys hovering around the top five, just outside the top five, Strong Strickland and Jack Hermanson. Um, I you know, this fight was there. Um Sean Strickland, uh, you know, he just basically did enough to win. Hermanson was, it's funny because Hermanson was like frantic almost the whole fight. Like he was just, he was pushing the pace, but he just wasn't landing anything. And Strickland was just incredible defense and landing his jab at will. A couple of the rounds were close, but one judge had it 48-47 for Hermanson, which is one of the worst cards I've ever seen um i i no i even Hermanson didn't believe it like you know um first round i think a lot of people gave it to Hermanson but that's the only one like no media members scored it for Hermanson i don't even think any media members gave him two rounds and somehow uh, a judge gave him three so i mean maybe that's the first thing we got to talk about like what the hell happened there
3: okay so <laughs> Excuse me, real quick. Uh I've watched the fight twice. I watched it while doing my coverage and then I I watched it back again last night. Yeah, last night. Last night. Yep. So, uh the first when I was watching it for the second time, when I watched the first time, I had it 49-46 Strickland. I gave him I gave him uh you know rounds 2 through 5. Second time I watched it, I still had a 49-46 Strickland, giving them rounds 2 through 5. But when you actually watch the first, second and third, they're pretty close. I mean, they're not, you know, okay. they're, they're not like huge. the second, third are not huge Strickland rounds. In my opinion, it's, you know, he, we just primarily ended the jab. Herman Hermanson did a lot to a lot of work to the legs and the body, which I think it got, overlook, got yes. overlooked, got overlooked, got overlooked. Go to so uh but uh Strickland definitely won the fourth and fifth. If you look at the strike counts, strike counts were pretty even through the first three, not that mm-hmm. you know, but uh but watching it and kind of focusing on some some other stuff that you might miss. I I thought, you know, the second, first, second, third were pretty pretty close to the point where where you know 48-47. Right afterwards, I thought it was a horrible scorecard so, on a second viewing. Don't think it's that bad. It's definitely not as bad as some other scorecards as we've seen. I don't I don't think it's the right scorecard, but I don't think it's, you know, just like, you know I I still think it's 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 a wrong scorecard. I still think Strickland very clearly won the fight. But it's not as bad as it was like in real time. But yeah, Strickland Mm -hmm. definitely the jab and the combinations late. You know, and and again on the second round, I think I think what actually sealed the second round for Strickland was him dropping Hermanson right there at the end because that one was that one was pretty even. And I know two of the judges gave gave uh, the uh, third to Hermanson. One of the one of the judges who had 49-46 actually gave gave Strickland the first. So it's you know okay. So that was kind of you know yeah, it's kind of a thing. But uh, but yeah, it was not the most exciting fight. I mean. Strickland did what he needed to do, followed followed a perfect game plan to win. And Hermanson just didn't seem to get in that second year. I thought Hermanson's best chance to win was to grapple, take Strickland down. Wasn't able to do that. So so if it it was going to be on the feed, it was going to be a Strickland win all the way. And it was. He, he tried i mean he uh he had a lot of failed
2: takedown attempts his uh striking like you know they they kept showing the stats and i think he landed something like 15 percent of his head strikes and i if i'm not mistaken like strickland they said was you know one of the top five in ufc history in terms of striking defense um i don't know if that was middleweight or overall but um the, you know that to me that's what stood out in this fight was was the defense because he barely took you know like he he took strikes, but I mean he had like, didn't even look like he had a scratch on him at the end of the fight um, looked like he could have gone another five rounds. Um, Hermanson didn't look too bad either like he didn't he didn't get tired um you know and he was pushing the pace almost the whole fight. Strickland reminded me a lot of Michael bisping in this fight. Um, I don't know. I I I feel like I say that a lot, but um, it just that's just kind of who he looked like in this fight to me. Yeah. Well, well, those two have trained a bunch together, so that does make sense. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. So, yeah. Um, and then you know he did when he did his post-fight promo, it was um, it was not uh, you know he it wasn't too bad. Uh, he didn't say anything like really. Actually, I think the pre-fight video package was worse. Um, some of the stuff he said in there, but the um, the the post-fight promo was, you know, pretty diplomatic and. He put over Hermanson Hermanson, and, uh, you know, said he was tough, but he also said that he thought the score was bullshit. Um, and uh, yeah, and, uh, you know, and now he's going to get a, you know, he should get a bigger name for his next fight. And he's probably one fight away from a title shot, I would think. Um, you know, if he beats a top five guy in his next fight, he should, he, he's probably earned a title shot.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it has to. do... Obviously, a lot of it has to do with this upcoming weekend which we we'll get in, get into, and how those fights fights play out. Because, I mean, if there's if there's two clear winners on those fight, if there's two guys who win on the fight on on those fights, there's a clear matchup for next. But if any other combination happens, you know, it's it, it'll open the door for Strickland, and he's he's right there. You know, he's either he'll either be next. His next fight will either be. Be a title eliminator or for the title.
2: Like if Cannoneer and Brunson kind of stink up the joint and just have like a really boring fight, neither one of them like, you know, like a split decision or something like that, then maybe they just Strickland jumps the line. Or, yeah, kind of or,
3: thing. or that. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit
2: later. Sure. Um, Co-main. Um, and... <laughs> So this is this funny because, uh, you know, like we talk about this a lot. And I'm going to bring it up again. Like my, tweet, my tweets get on the screen. I got it on the screen a few times this time. And it seems like every time they put up my scores, it's different than what somebody else says. And like it's kind of weird how that happens because I think in, in these cases, like in the Strickland fight, for instance, like I gave in the first round and I think you did too but they show my score and then they show like two other scores that were for
3: Strickland. And in this fight, the Maximoff fight. Newslast, they like to do, they like to put dissenting scores, you know, if there's... I know, but then why is it mine? Why is it
2: always mine that are dissenting? Maybe When they show your scores, it's... Maybe because you're the only one who has has that score. No, because you had the same score as I did and they showed mine and not yours. They
3: only show about three three people. I know.
2: I know. In the Maximoff fight, I gave Maximov the first round, and then I gave him the second round, which I I knew right away as soon as I gave him the second round. Like it's like because those first two rounds were so close that you know it could you could have gone twenty eighteen Soriano, you could have gone twenty eighteen Maximov, or you could have gone nineteen nineteen. Like they were so close, and then the third round I thought Maximov won, pretty you know probably more clearly than than either the other two, but. Um, but I had people telling me like I was nuts and that, you know, I had a 2018 Maximov, and oh no, it's 2018 Soriano. And I'm like, you know, and meanwhile, the live odds were like a coin flip. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was like, it was so close and I mean, yeah, on those. Don't listen to those people. (laughs) No, I know, I know. I did you have it like so I scored at 3027 Maximoff, but I mean when you look at thirty twenty seven Maximoff, you're thinking, oh, okay, you know, he wiped them out with him. But this was like a close fight. And if Soriano had won, I wouldn't have thought it was a bad score at all. I mean, if he if he won thirty twenty seven, I would have thought it was a bad score. But if he won twenty nine twenty eight, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, that's fine. Like, you know, the two close rounds, you flip a coin, and who do you got? And uh, you know, I just like I didn't flip a coin. And usually on those rounds, like when when you have two rounds that are close, I tend to give like each guy one of the rounds. But I couldn't justify giving Soriano round two. Because I thought Maximoff did slightly better in round two than he did in round one. And I had given him round one. So, I'm not just going to say, well, I give it to Soriano because I gave Maximoff the first. Like, that's not how you're supposed to judge. So, yeah. So, I mean, it was 30-27. Um, I, I, how'd you score the second one? Do you remember?
3: Uh, you First of all, you were the only one that had it 30-27 for, for Maximoff. But it, one of the judges did. One of the judges did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, one of the ju- oh yeah, yeah one, that's, of, one, one of the judges. judges have, I'm looking at yeah. I'm looking at this wrong wrong up here. The the I'm at I'm on the UFC stats thing, and the way they do it a little bit weirder weirder. But yeah, for some reason, I was thinking thirty so twenty seven Soriano. But yeah, I had it 29, 28, Maximoff. I gave him the first and the third. So I thought Soriano won the second. Okay, yeah, yeah. Second, so... Uh, oh, so you gave him the first as well. Okay. I gave Maximoff the first, yeah.
2: Yeah, I was the only person that gave it
3: 3027. Um, yeah. But but again, was that a, was like the thing a, where... And there was, there was a few media members who had a twenty nine twenty eight Soriano. So, which, one, which yeah, I see men? that. And that
2: was fine. Like, I, I don't have a problem with that score. Um, I just didn't think, you know, I don't know. I, I, I gave Maximoff the first and I just didn't feel like her, uh, Soriano did enough to win the second, but you know, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. Maximoff won, stayed undefeated, eight no. I mean, really, the judging was the most interesting thing in the fight. There wasn't, You know, uh, Max. You know, Maximo. You know, Soriano had a couple submissions that he was going for, and I think that's why a lot of people gave him the first round because he had he had a couple submissions that looked tight. Yeah,
3: he had he had that he had that rear naked choke where he was on the back at the end and then finished the round on top. So that's that's what that's why I thought he won the first first, even though Soriano like tripled him in the strike count.
2: Yeah, yeah, and he was, but he was controlling like so. He had way more control time. Maximov, uh, Soriano was was doing more damage on the feet and with the strikes uh, until the third. Like I thought, the third was pretty clearly Maximov. Oh yeah, third was So that maximum, was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, um, and then uh, we we also got uh, a, a welterweight fight: Shavkat Rakhmanov, uh, Carlston Harris. And uh, I, I DM'd you my uh, when my grandson was watching. This, he always listens to the intros, and he hears the weirdest things. And and so he's just he says to me, he says, "I think the guy from Kazakhstan's gonna win." because i think the boy from kazakhstan is gonna win that's what he told me that's that's his words not mine uh because he has zero defeats and sure enough he stayed undefeated um he uh he got a win over carlston harris this is like a great performance for him um it, it you know it was fairly even until he you know until he hit the hit the you know kind of the finishing blow uh hit a spinning spinning hook kick and then finished him off with uh punches on the ground uh i you know thought this was a real good showing and he's a guy to he's a guy to watch out for um you know he's had uh three big wins in a row now alex Oliveira
3: and michelle Praheris Pre- tractor right that's yeah, yeah, is, uh, yeah 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 who, yeah who lost him while completely roided up out of his mind yeah he's yeah. on like five different and that's there five different steroids still couldn't be Rachmaninoff
2: so not only is he undefeated but he has won every single one of his fights by finish including his three UFC fights so yeah this is a guy that probably should be
3: ranked now I don't know if he will be but he should he's not but welterweight but welterweight's pretty stacked but he's 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 right on the cusp and and yeah he's really talented and really dangerous and you know he's not somebody you want to be standing across the octagon from uh, right now he's got so many different tools tools to beat you that judo takedown that he had whenever while Harris was in the middle of just stomping the crap out of his foot was really impressive and then you know spinning wheel kick and and how he was able to to when on the finishing sequence you know he started he started landing and Harris was doing a good Good job of covering up, but being able to get those right hands through, through the middle of the guard of the guard right to where, he, and he put them out oh. with that second one. Second one that was just you yeah. know, that was a great finish. And Rachmanov, yay! He was one of your draft picks when we were doing our doing our global MMA team teams. You know, oh. you, you, if you don't, you don't even remember that, do you? No, no, yeah, that's awesome. But you were so talking I, about how I, 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 he's got a lot of potential, and yes, he does. And and you know, he's a guy. He's a I felt like there was a couple of guys who who were like in that position of like being young in their UFC careers that really made made themselves kind of stand out on this show. And he was definitely one of them. So he won uh,
2: he won one of the 50 K's and uh, well, wow, they only gave away two on this show. Um, that tells you is a bad card. Um, sorry, I said it. Uh, well, it, yeah, it wasn't uh, that bad. wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, by UFC standards, we'll say it was a bad
3: card. By recent UFC UFC standards. By recent UFC standards, yes. yes. NFL Sunday
1: Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket. Go to your happy place For
0: a happy prize Go to your happy prize Priceline
2: I mean, they only gave away two performance bonuses I mean, do you know, what does that tell two you? Perform-
3: well, uh, and there well, was m- they technically gave out all four of them, yeah Did they? Yeah They got a fight of the night and two performance of the night uh, I'm seeing only two performance bonuses What was the fight of the night? Uh, Juliana Rosa and Steven Peterson
2: Oh, okay. That's not listed on, uh, on what I'm looking oh, because, at Oh, So,
3: okay. Because so, Julian Arosa got both
2: bonuses for it. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I don't even see Julian Rosa at all, but they did mention in, on the broadcast that he was probably going to get a hundred thousand yeah. dollars because that fight was great. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, a fight that wasn't great, um, was Brendan Allen, Sam Alvey. Um, Alvey has now gone eight straight fights without a win, um, he he should be done he probably won't be because this was a short notice fight and he was the biggest underdog underdog on the card uh when we were previewing the show last week he was supposed to be fighting ian heinish no he's supposed Um, to fight phil hall's Oh yeah, Phil Haas. So then, oh, right? Yeah, he was replacing Ian Heinisch, and then so if- Phil Haas could make it. So they called up Brandon Allen. Uh, and Allen's normally a middleweight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, they both are. Yeah, yeah. although Alvy fights at middleweight sometimes too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so Allen coming off that loss to Chris Curtis, a uh, couple. Uh, well, just just over two just under two months ago, and uh, comes back and and gets the win here. And uh, he said, you know, I, I want to get right back on the horse. And they called me up. I'll take the fight. Uh, first round was a typical Sam Alvey round. No nothing happened. Uh, you know, no, nobody wanted to engage. And then in the second round, Brandon and Al finally hit him, got him down, and then put on a rear naked choke. And Alvey has zero uh, submission defense and tapped right away.
3: And that was that. Yeah, I mean, your typical Sam Alvey fight, except that he got finished, so we didn't have to see him. You know, yeah. openly complain about about losing a decision that he clearly lost. Which, I mean, I I like Sam Alvey. I don't hate him like so, like somebody somebody yeah. asked me on Twitter, what "Do you hate Sam Alvey? Like, I don't hate him. I actually, I actually like him. And and you know, he was he was kind of like a favorite of. Not really necessarily like a oh, favorite favorite, but a guy I enjoyed watching for a long time. Then all of a sudden, just something, something happened. And I yeah. and he finally admitted it on social media after this fight that, you know, he just needs to change the way he fights. But uh, his thing has been over the last several years of just walking back to the cage and finding off the best off of his back yeah. foot the entire time and he just he used to be aggressive and he lost that aggression i don't know what i don't know what happened happened but he just whatever he had he lost it lost it along the way and and it's just he just hasn't got it back and and which kind of sucks because you you hate kind of seeing a guy like him going through like this eight fights without a win and win but a lot of it is you know a lot of it's on his his own fault because he's just his style of just fighting off the fence and constantly backing up backing up it, it's it's not a winning it's not a winning strategy you're going to get he got kicked a lot because he was constantly backing up and then just you know, you're allowing you're allowing your opponent to pressure you, and you're allowing like a, a strong wrestler like Brendan Allen to you know get you near the fence to take you down, and you know this is just bad strategy from Sam Alvey. He's he's probably got one more
2: chance, and I mean if they want if they want to keep him, they'll match him up against somebody that he's got a good chance of beating, and if they don't, then you know then then we're probably going to see the last of him, but he should get one more fight. Cause he took this one on short notice. Um, and then, uh, the unofficial, uh, tough finale, uh, middleweights, we had Brian battle, uh, you know, defending his crown and he actually brought it with him, which was kind of funny, um, against Trishon Gore, who was supposed to face him in the tough final, but he had an injury and pulled out. And so now they're making this fight, you know, six months later or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, they had a close fight, um, i actually scored it for gore luckily my score didn't make it because i was watching on a delay at this point and uh, i would have been the only person that scored it for gore um i you know i don't know i just i thought like the first two rounds were close and and then battle won the third and you know whatever um but uh yeah it was um you know not not much to say it was you know just you know it was there uh gore you know just kind of couldn't really you know, kind of like Sam Alvey, like you just kind of couldn't really do anything and battle just kind of did enough to win,
3: I guess. I I mean, uh, first thing I'm going to say to you is if you thought, uh, Gore won that first round, I urge you to rewatch it. (laughs) Yeah, I probably do need to we I was probably distracted or yeah. something to be honest with yeah, you like, Yeah, because battle did outland him like 50 to 15 was the strike. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah I mean,
2: it, it, it's very probably just a thing where yeah,
3: I so, but, intense, uh, right. it, it felt like felt like Gore just, uh I mean if there was a Second gear to get into he didn't get into it except yeah. for a little bit in that second round I don't know if it's just injury nerves, you know what it was but he was definitely he definitely did not look you know as good here as he did on ultimate fighter and and did in his regional stuff outside of outside of the second round but a uh, battle was very accurate with like a lot of his striking and yeah. so was gore gore i mean you know they i mean gore landed 60 percent of his strikes and battle landed 58 percent of his strikes but the thing was battle also landed twice as many and threw twice as many so it was just it was basic activity and just battle staying busy and battle had control time, you know, in the, in the third was the difference in that, in that, you know, Gore had the yeah. takedowns, but, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I wasn't super overwhelmed by this fight. I didn't think either guy looked like they've got enough to, be threats at the moment you know but they both have plenty of potential potential but uh yeah at least it answered the question of you know who the real ultimate fighter at the from this past year was at middleweight, and you know it it was it's okay it was okay it was about what to expect for for guys who have just so little experience like like that kind of felt like a contender series fight on the on a ufc show that's
2: the key and and i think i actually said it um when we reviewed the tough finale show last august um you know we had this fight brian battle and gilbert urbina and we had ricky tercios and brady highstand which was which was a fun fight but not a ton of skill and i said you know like these guys are not ready for ufc yet like none of those four but you know two of them won a contract and then you had trishon gore who they gave a fight because he should have been in the finale and you know and realistically like these guys are seven and one and three and one and they should be fighting on the regionals right now but You know, they won the Ultimate Fighter, so they're on the show. I mean, honestly, Trishon Gore... They should put him on a developmental deal and give him like four or five fights in LFA and then bring him back. Yeah,
3: if he you know if he wins, but it's I don't know what they're gonna do. It's but. just it's the UFC running forty two events a year and needing bodies. Yeah, bodies. You're gonna have absolutely. You're gonna have a lot of people who aren't ready for ready for it. You know, and that's one of the things like I knock about about pro wrestling when you watch some of those WWE and AEW, especially with some people like Jade Cargo. Like I don't want to watch a pro wrestler who's learning how to work. Work like on my television, which is not not saying anything bad bad about you know about her anybody like that, but but like you know sometimes when I watch wrestling, especially like AEW with three hours of television television only each week, like I don't want to watch somebody who's learning how to do the how to do the job, you know. I want to watch finished, you know, fleshed out products, and that's how that's kind of how like UFC fans have been like a lot over the years. They don't want to see guys who who are you know only like contender series levels on these main main cards, but you have so many shows and so many you need so many fighters, you're gonna get fights like these and fight fighters like this. Not to say that they're not gonna prove because they very clearly are. Both of them are very, very talented, but but I mean this was, you know, this felt like, you know, a regional scene fight and You know, and like I said, you got to, with Brian Battle being an Ultimate Fighter, I said after he won, I'll say again, you kind of got to be careful with how you, how you book him or else, you know, he, you know, some of the, the, the bad thing about having these guys in too soon is they could suffer a couple, a couple losses, kills their confidence, and they never improve in the gym. So that's a, that's a hard balancing act right now. Well,
2: um, yeah, uh, I yeah I can't disagree with anything that you just said. Um, the The only thing I'll add is that, you know, like when you like you said when you got guys that are this early in their career. Um, you've got to be careful again and and you got to fill these cards but what could end up happening is you get a situation like and, and we'll talk about this in our next fight with a guy a guy like julian arosa who was on the ultimate fighter early in his career you know it looked kind of good was memorable on there but then he you know he lost in his official ufc debut and he was right outside the ufc again and he had to fight like 10 times on the regional scene before he came back. And, you know, kind of don't necessarily want that to happen to either of these guys because it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes guys give up, Um, you know, they they take a thing. Oh, yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention was because we had such a loaded card here and, you know, and we had a lot of fights to get through, they didn't really get time to tell the story of Trishon Gore. And that's kind of... When I was watching The Ultimate Fighter, like, I was really into him because of the story they told, and uh, unfortunately, like, we didn't get to hear that. Now, you know, now that he lost in his official debut, we might not even get to hear it. So, so many people that watch the show won't even see what I saw when I watched The Ultimate Fighter, so it's too bad um but yeah we had uh the to kick off the main card uh really uh fight of the year uh contender uh, i don't think it'll win but um it was really freaking good fight uh juicy j and stephen
3: peterson at featherweight uh tell the people about this fight ryan <laughs> it was absolutely nuts once the sec- second round started you, ca- you kind of see it coming a little bit in the first the first was uh tame compared to the second and third i'll put it to put you that way but it was just basically kind of like rock'em sock'em robot robots you know i don't think it was as good as as the calvin cater giga chikazi fight or the or the brandon marino davis and Figuero fight this year this year so i'll probably have it third best but but i mean but it's just absolutely incredible just the guys were just beating the crap out of each other and both uh, yeah, both of them were super tough uh Peterson's face looked like a like a mess. Arosa was landing some good good shots. Uh, I mean, it's a fight worth going out of your way to see. There was especially there was a sequence in the second round round where Peterson was landing a bunch of big punches against the fence and a looked like he was about to about to go out. Then all of a sudden Arosa landed a spinning back fist and Peterson fell to the mat for a split second. It was just that was just kind of like just a crazy exchange. And yeah, this fight was wild. Uh, I mean, it could have gone either way. I had it for Peterson. I'm not going to argue any, anything. You know, Arosa. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arosa. This is his third UFC stint, and he's four and one, four and one now after after having been cut from the roster twi- twice. And you know, he's making taking every advantage of it now. And you know, he's you know like like we said I said with those guys. He's he's finally like probably a fleshed out product after having you know. And he was lucky to get. To you know, being a guy who you know he got a second chance, but uh, which which some people do, some people don't. He was third lucky chance. to get a third chance. <laughs> I mean, luckily for him, yeah. he had the advantage of of living and training in Las Vegas and. And during a pandemic, when they need a guy on, you know, three days notice, you know, they're the first place they're looking at are uh, guys who are in gyms in Las, Las Vegas. So, you know, and they were familiar with him. So they brought him back. And, boy, he's taking advantage of it, when in four or five. And, uh, yeah, he just looks good. And, and this was a hell of a fight. If you didn't watch it, please watch it.
2: Not only one, four or five, but I mean, the guys he's beaten are not pushovers like Sean Woodson, Nate Landwehr, uh, Charles Jordan finished all of those guys. And then he had this like fight of the year contender against Steven Peterson, like, um, you know, just just a great uh, kind of comeback, like, you know, really like. You know, I don't you don't really see those comeback of the year or anything. And it wasn't really it's kind of spread out over like almost two years now. But, uh, you know, career renaissance for sure for, you know, good old Juicy J, who I always remember, uh, you know, Uriah Faber in his corner screaming for Juicy J uh, on The Ultimate Fighter way, way back when saw that uh, tough finale live, uh, you know, when uh, he kind of saved the show uh you know a show that was kind of looking really bad and then he had a you know a pretty good fight with uh marcine rozak uh you know he won by split decision so uh to do do so that yeah that was the main card and then we had a loaded up prelims uh seven fights um including uh you know if you were paying attention last week i told people throw some money on the sexy maxi who was a big underdog and you know, got a big
3: upset win against Miles Johns, but uh, take us through these prelims. Okay, the, uh, the show kicked off with Malcolm Gordon and Dennis Bonder in a flyweight fight, and it kicked off in rather unfortunate fashion. Fashion Bonder is a guy who signed in late 2020, but he had like four fights fall through fall through last year, and it was finally making his debut, and it, they were just getting go going. Uh, uh, bonder got a takedown gordon went for an arm bar and bonder escaped and they scrambled up and gordon was going for another takedown and bonder planted with his left arm left arm during the attempt and i don't know if it was a broken arm or a dislocated elbow but either way Either way, I mean, Bonder hurt himself trying to post up on the takedown tent, screamed out in pain, started tapping, and the fight was over in a minute 22. Never really got going. It was just an unfortunate unfortunate end, end to it, but uh, would have liked to see him war out of these both guys. But, hey, Gordon got the win, so he gets to – was probably I think that was the last fight on his deal, so – Right. He probably gets yeah. to stick around, stick around, so that's good for him. Uh, next fight, we had a welterweight fight. Phil Rowe finished Jason Witt in the second round. First round was all Witt. We got a takedown and was working on the top, but but you know, not a lot happened on the ground. They were both kind of just stalling, and they even got warned a couple times about possibly being stood up. They got up at the end of the round end of the round and roe landed landed at the end of the first and all of a sudden the second Wit was trying to take roe down roe was defending and then roe landed some punches and then landed a big combination ending with the right hand that put wit down and it was all over from there from there so impressive win for roe ah uh, this fight next fight light heavyweight fight jolton almeida and danilo marquez jolton almeida he is a guy to watch out for and this his debut mm-hmm. here was just oh my god it was absolutely absolutely incredible he got Marquez down right away with a big slam takedown and just relentless brutal ground and pound from the top I mean it was just God it was it was a beating beating and uh, I mean I mean is now fifteen and two he's got I think like nine or ten straight wins and finishes a lot of guys and. And, uh, you know, light heavyweight, you know, there's always a division that, that needs new fresh blood and new contenders. And he looks every bit of one, uh, he was calling for Shogun Hua after the fight and please do not make that fight because Shogun does not deserve that beating. He's too much of a legend for that one, for that beating. Is he still under contract? He Shogun? is. He is. Yes. Oh, okay. He is. He is not. Wow. I don't. Th- he. I don't know that he's gonna fight again, but he hasn't like retired. It's kind of one of those situations. So you know they'll let him if he wants to fight again. They'll they'll let him. I'm sure. Uh, next fight, uh, women's bantamweight fight. Alexa Davis got a unanimous decision over Julija Uh First round was very interesting. Uh, Stolyarenko went for a kick, but Davis got a takedown, and Davis was working for the top from the top. But Stolyarenko did go for an armbar, and how had it close? But Davis got free and was landing, and then uh, Stolyarenko landed an illegal kick. I mean, it was clear as day. Day. I don't know why she didn't get a point taken away, but but uh, they went back to action. Davis into the end of the first on top. The second was a lot of trading back and forth. Stolyarenko did a lot of damage. Damage. Uh, Davis was busted up. Both of them landed. Stoliarenko landed more. So, so I mean, it was a close round. Round. I gave it to Davis. Stoliarenko might might have won it. It could have gone either way. Either way. Third round was all Davis. She got she got to the on the top. She landed a punch that caused Stoliarenko to fall. Davis got on top and just spent the rest of the round in control from the top, landing punches and elbows. You know. I, it could have been a 10-8 round i didn't give it a 10-8 a couple judges did did but uh, but uh, yeah it was a i felt like it was a clear win for davis and all three judges had it had it for for and i think all but one media score had it for davis so so yeah but that was a that was a pretty good fight uh, you know Davis. You know she was one and four in her last five coming into this. Lots of talk about whether she had a future. Future. She said that this fight reignited her passion and she wants to fight as quickly as possible. Possible. I think her contract might have been up, but so who knows? We'll see what happened. Uh, next fight, middleweight fight. We talked a lot about you know when he was on the when he was announced for the contender series and after he got signed and last week like Chidi and Jokawani. You know, should have been in the UFC a long time ago, but he was making his debut here and you couldn't have a more impressive debut. He knocked out Marc-Andre Berrio in 16 seconds. Just a combo that ended with the right hand and Berrio was out and it was just, it was over. Just, it was over as quickly as it started. So, very impressive performance from Barrio, from uh, Njokuwani and he should have been there years ago, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, he gets a lot of moments like this to shine because he's that's he's a really good fighter. Uh, next fight, uh, Hakeem Dawadu beat Michael Trizano, uh, straight 30-27 scores, featherweight fight, just all on the feet and just Dawadu landing more constantly throughout. He it was the most significant strikes he had landed in his his entire career in a fight and just it was just I would do outworking Trisano, you know, never really had Trisano hurt. But Trizano couldn't do anything. It was just very a very clear win for Dowodu. Do 30 27 all around. Not not much more to it. Uh, and then the capping off the prelims was what I thought was an, an upset. And yeah, it was an upset on the betting odds, but John Castaneda finished the miles. John's in the third round. John's just never seemed John's had a lot of hype and looked like a great prospect at 135 pounds, but never really got going as Castaneda was just press pressuring him and landing a lot of leg kicks and uh just you know rock johns in the second round and then the third round he landed a big combo and a big knee and johns went to the ground and casted got on top was landing punches then got the arm triangle in, and johns went out cold without tapping so that was the prelims right there yep yeah, big win for the sexy
2: mexi uh, uh one of your favorite favorite yeah one of these fights i thought was stopped early uh i thought and i wasn't sure which one um was it maybe it was maybe phil rowe and jason witt that that was like was kind of
3: like yeah that that one uh, that one was like he uh it was witt went down right away and it was immediately stopped may yeah it's one of those like you know he kind of got it he kind of got up quickly and looked okay but at the same time you know well, it was a knockdown with from right hand. You kind of don't yep. know. So, but I think that's and
2: and they usually like they'll they'll tend to show like a replay that oh yeah you see he was out and they didn't really do that here so not necessarily saying that it was bad it just kind of looked bad. Um, what, one thing I thought was funny was uh, Hakeem Dawadu in his post fight uh, promo he talked about what a great night it was for Canada. Um. And, but the funny thing is, is in the fight right before that, Marc-Andre Berio lost in 16 seconds. Um, and, and he's Canadian. But then he mentioned, you know, Malcolm Gordon getting the win. And then he said, and then he's like, and, the, and then the girl, I can't remember her name. I'm really sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. <laughs> it's like Alexis Davis. Uh, I thought that was, that was funny too. But uh, yeah, I mean, the prelims were pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of finishes. Um, And, uh, you know, it was, you know, just the main card that, you know, other than that uh, fight of the night. Like again, it wasn't a bad card at all, just kind of not as you know classic a card as the uh as the um you as the UFC cards have been of late. What uh do you have your uh your ratings? What what was your worst fight? Uh let me pull those up real quick. Kind of put me on this. I got mine. Yeah, I, I gave like one and a half stars to the opener. Uh, just because like nothing happened, and then you had the injury. So, uh, or no? Wait a minute. No, Angequani and 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 I only gave because it was sixteen seconds. I gave it like one and a quarter stars. Uh, usually something like that,
3: like that. I'll give, I'll give like you know, a quick finish like that gets three stars for me. Uh, worst fight Oh, okay. I did have the opener as the worst, probably just. But outside okay. of that, uh, yeah. Outside of that, I had uh, you know. Goren battle Alvy Allen and Soriano Maximov as my worst fights on the card. All right, cool. Yeah, I was just curious.
2: All right, so that was the uh the UFC on uh, ESPN Plus and uh coming up uh this coming weekend, we're back on pay-per-view. Uh UFC 271 israel asani and robert whitaker one title fight on this show um you know they normally like to do two but uh they rolled the dice with one and managed to not have it fall apart although you did have the backup uh, middleweight fight on the on the main card that you know one of those guys would have stepped in if need be um but yeah it's uh it's from houston uh which uh you know i think you've mentioned before that they've got a deal now where they're going to be doing like two big shows a year from Houston well, one, for the
3: foreseeable future. Well, it was one and supposedly was only like last year and this year. Or so, but I'm sure they'll be back. next. Oh, okay. They'll probably be back next year. Oh, so. Well, I, I, I thought, I guess I
2: misunderstood you. I thought, I thought you said they were doing like two a year. No, just, but, um, Okay. But yeah, this is Houston. And again, you got a hometown boy, Derek Lewis and the co-main event, uh, big heavyweight fight against Tui Tui Vasa, which is a fight you told them to make and they did. Um, and yeah, this is, uh, you know, it should be a fun card not, uh, you know, I mean, not, not huge, huge names on the card, but a big, big, big big title fight uh you know i i don't think we're going out on a limb here on saying you know possible fight of the year contender in the main event uh between israel asanya and robert whitaker um first you know this is their third fight right second second okay yeah just, this is why they pay you the big bucks um but uh yeah uh yeah there's yeah there's a rematch of uh you know their first
3: fight was it What happened in the first fight? Remind me. Adesanya just outclassed Whitaker and finit knocked him out in the second round. Right. Yeah.
2: It uh, USC two forty three. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. But then Whitaker, you know, he's uh, earned this title shot by you know winning three straight. All of decision, but dominant decisions over Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, and Kelvin Gastelum uh, to set up this rematch. That I think originally they were hoping was going to be, you know, in Australia or New Zealand, but you know, COVID still won't go away, so it's going to be in Houston.
3: Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure how much different it's going to be than the first fight was. I mean, Whitaker, he's he's definitely shown. You know some solid improvements in those last three wins, and especially with his his wrestling in his last uh, fight against Calvin Gastelum, who's a strong wrestler and we saw how to weakness against Jan malkovich was was the takedowns, but also Jan malkovich was very very much larger than Adesanya was whereas Adesanya is probably the bigger of the two between between him and Whitaker so I don't think Whitaker will have the same kind of success and I don't know that I don't know that'll go any different on the feet Adesanya just absolutely outclassed him the first time and as great as Whitaker is he can't match the striking that Adesanya can't, has so if if Israel comes into this, you know, crisp on everything. I mean, I don't see it ending any differently than the first fight did.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I kind of tend to agree. I I don't want to sell, you know, Whitaker short. I mean, I know a lot of people are really high on him, but I just look at this fight and, you know, I have a hard time. I haven't looked at the odds, but I have a hard time, you know, picking against Adesanya. Yeah.
3: I, uh, I love And I love Whitaker. I think he, I think yeah when you look at all the UFC champions like the list of everybody in every division he might be the most underrated UFC champion of all time you know and definitely probably one of the more underappreciated UFC champions of all time just uh, just his his you know his, uh, his as he felt like somebody who never got the due he deserved for being a great fighter because it just kind of felt like, you know, he, he had those awesome wins and those two great fights over Yoel, Yoel Romero. But uh, obviously a lot of people always thought, well, you know, maybe Romero's better or or this and that. He just never kind of felt like he got his due as the best middleweight in the world. And I really think he, you know, it's a kind of a shame because, you know, as he was, and also as he was taking off as champion, you know, you had the rise of Israel out of out of nowhere. So it's yeah. just kind of, you know, always, it's always felt like Robert Whitaker's been overshadowed by somebody, somebody, which is a shame. But, but yeah, I just, I don't think. Is Adesanya, I don't think is a good matchup for him. And Whitaker, in the past, even at one seventy, I mean, his biggest loss at one seventy was to Steven Thompson, who knocked him out. And it's a very similar kind of, you know, style almost. He just seems to have trouble with these lanky strikers who can kind of land out of nowhere. Nowhere, it just, it just feels just like a bad matchup for him.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I I think, too, part of what why people kind of overlook Whitaker is because of kind of the circumstances around him winning the title and it being like a vacant title because GSP yeah. won the title from Bisping and then vacated it, so he wasn't like the real champion in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah,
3: he never got he never got the GSP fight. He never got the Bisping fight. You know that he, he should have had yeah. both of those. So that's 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 a lot. Why you know because he was technically an interim champion who became who became the top guy. You know under circumstance, and then and then you know he never really he also never really got a title title defense. You know no. you know he no. because Romero missing weight. Missing weight and uh, you know, and and you know, Whitaker was in situations where he could have lost the title to you know, against guys who you never so I mean he never yeah, he, I mean Whitaker he he never actually had a title defense, which is just because of Yoel Romero's crazy craziness. So but I mean, but I still don't think he ever got his, his due as being, you know, one of the no. best middleweights in the world. And I think he finally is now.
2: Yeah. And I mean, if he if he was to get the upset, I mean, it'd be a great story. Yeah. I just don't think it'll happen. I think he will do better than he did last time, um, but I just can't
3: see him winning. Hey, and and the upset sets up the third fight, you know, for perfect for yes. Australia and New oh. Zealand, because I think I think, you know especially in Australia I think I think I read something today today about how Australia is finally about to open up to the outside world again oh, good. so good. again so I mean you know that's a third fight between them you know would definitely happen in a stadium in Australia later on in this year even though even though the first fight happened in a stadium in Australia the third one would happen there as well it's only fitting but yeah but yeah but I don't think he's gonna win this I think Izzy's he's gonna keep the belt.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think we're getting. Uh, I think we're getting close to normal. Uh, I got uh, got some good news this week uh, about uh, WrestleMania in uh, in a couple months, so it might be uh, might be in your in your end of the woods soon. Uh, we'll see what happens. Um, so co-main event, we talked to, mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, hopefully you you have a couple beers handy uh, in I, case I can't. Tie two I can't. I'm, I'm I'm working. I'm working. Oh yeah. Well, hey, just put him in your shoe, and and hand him over to Tui. I'm a professional, uh, so he can do a shoey. I'm a professional. I know, I know. I I guarantee you, somebody on media row is going to try and get a shoey over to Ty, if he wins. Um, I mean, so if he wins, we get a shoey, and if we if Lewis wins, we get
3: uh Derek Lewis promo. I mean, we can't lose. Well, yeah. I mean, also, also tie wins. You also get a tie to the post fight promo, which, which true, I mean, true, yeah. are very close to the level of a Derek Lewis post fight promo, you know? Yeah. So this is a perfect fight. I mean, this is a
2: perfect fight and you get to be there cage side. Perfect. Yeah.
3: I, mean, I don't, I don't, yeah, I kind of don't care. This is kind of one of those fights where I don't care who wins, wins. I will be upset at either one of them losing. You know, cause it's yeah. just, cause they're just, they're two of the most likable guys like in the UFC, regardless of division. It's just, it's kind of like one of those fights you look at, it, it's like, okay. The, the press conference on Thursday on Thursday is going to be great the the you know stare down is going to be great the fight's going to be great everything that happens after the fight's going to be great like how can you not be entertained and hey it's what Derek Lewis wants he wants the three he wants those three round fights and I love how Tai Ivasa said he was blackout drunk when they called him to offer him this fight <laughs> and he said yes and he didn't even know that he said yes somebody had to remind him that he said, oh they said yes to the fight because I mean it came together uh, it came together rather quickly because remember both these guys fought in December <laughs> Yeah. December and like, yeah. and like we were like I was calling on this show and calling, calling just like you have to go to that fight That's the only fight that makes sense for both for both of them and all of a sudden you know you know they were both they both were on Ariel Helwani's show like like a couple of days after Lewis's fight and Ariel brought up the fight to them and they both they both sounded interested and literally the next day they get a the fight's being announced so I guess you know just the fact that both of them said hey hey we want to fight each other and then we get we need a co-main event for houston and even though derek lewis said he hates fighting in houston i mean he he, you know he's not one to turn down fights especially a three-round fight and this is just perfect
2: (laughs) yeah and i mean you know there's always a possibility that you might get like a boring you know like a derek lewis fight you know he's had a couple of those but Tai to has really only had the one with Andrei Lovski and every other fight has been, you know, a finish, uh, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get like just a knock him, knock him down, you know, probably isn't going five minutes and, yeah. you know, somebody's getting knocked out. Somebody's uh, cutting a promo and maybe somebody's having a shoey. I mean, to Ivasa might have a shoey even if he loses. Yeah. So um you know it, it, this will be great. Yeah. Um, you know everything you could possibly want. People will be raving about. You know whatever happens, one way or the other, they're going to want a title shot for the winner. And you know, guys, you know neither one of these guys is going to be a champion anytime soon. But
3: yeah. I mean, booking I mean, one of them in a title fight. I mean, if Ty, is, if Ty wins, especially if he wins by first round finish. Yep. I mean, that's that'd be five in a row and five first round knockouts. I mean, yep. you know, you know, yeah, that's you know that's good. I mean you could oh that's great you could realistically, I mean, you he's could, not he's not he, he's, he's not beating Francis Ngannou but you <laughs> can definitely sell the fight he, he might not get a chance to fight Francis Ngannou nobody else might not get a chance to fight Francis true. Ngannou true so, yeah so but I mean him against yeah. him against anybody else you know outside of Cyril Gon, because just Gon plays it safe like everybody else I mean he could he could knock out anybody anybody in that division same with Derek Lewis so
2: yeah maybe maybe something will happen to I don't I shouldn't you know I'm not even going to say what I was going to say Uh, I was going to create a scenario where this this fight ends up being for an interim title but I I won't go there no uh, all right. And uh, so the uh, the other, um, you know, kind of featured fight is uh, and really the only other, you know, kind of fight of consequence on the main card is uh, Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson, uh, you know, middleweight fight, uh, both guys top, you know, just basically the next. Contenders underneath the two two guys in the main event, Um, you know this fight's on here very specifically because if anything happened with Adesanya or Whitaker, one of these guys is going to step in, probably uh, Cannoneer, I would think. Yeah, Um, yeah. But uh, you know they're going to fight, and uh, you know realistically the winner should get a title shot out of it, unless uh, you know unless they just stink up the joint, and then you got
3: Sean Strickland waiting in the wings, which is always uh, possible. Yeah, it's always possible that these two could have a have a boring fight, boring fight, but I mean, but Brunson, Brunson's been, you know, a lot more aggressive lately and a lot more of a finisher lately. So, so I can't, Mm -hmm. and Cannoneer can turn it on when he needs to. So, so it's just, you know, it's an interesting, interesting fight.
2: Yeah. Combined, these guys have won nine of their last 10.
3: Yeah. So, you know, and the only loss was, uh, you know, Cannoneer to Whitaker. So So, here's what I was going to say earlier about the Sean Strickland. I do think if, uh, Israel, and Cannoneer win that that's that's going to be next Uh if Brunson wins this and Adesanya wins it I could see possibly Strickland sliding in there just because, just because Adesanya has that win over Brunson. Granted, it was it was right before Brunson went on the went on the streak, and then if he wins if he wins here, I think that's what like six in a row. If he wins here, he would deserve it. But but also Adesanya really embarrassed Derek Brunson badly the first time they they fought. So that could be, you know, that could be possible now uh, if Whitaker wins beats Adesanya I think they're going straight to the trilogy but uh you know but other than that I mean Whitaker one of his recent wins is over Cannoneer and he finished Eric Brunson again many years ago so I mean that's different so so uh, you know that's why I think Sean Strickland will end up fighting you know, one of the one of these four next. That's what I think he'll be next. But I definitely, yeah. I, def- I know in your
2: in your column, you be, you called for them to fight the for Strickland to fight the cannoneer Brunson lose. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, which makes a lot of sense. Um, the other two main card fights are you know. Um, You know, a couple interesting prospects against, uh, you know, kind of veterans, I guess. Uh, Well, one for sure. Uh, Kyler Phillips, uh, guy's got a lot of hype. Uh, Bantamweight 9-2, going against Marcelo Rojo, who is, you know, not really a big contender. But, um, you know, Phillips had a setback in his last fight. He lost the majority decision to uh, Rowley and Paiva. Was there some kind of a penalty point involved in there? I can't. I can't right?
3: remember off the top of my head. I'd have to look back at my notes. I think so. I think
2: that's what happened. But, um, and then you know, but Rojo, this kind of feels like a setup fight. It's you know, Rojo's coming in.
3: It's definitely a bounce back, but fight for Phillips.
2: Yeah, because you know Rojo's lost two of his last three, and probably a guy just kind of filling out, you know, finishing out his contract, and you know, you know, probably not a guy that UFC would be terribly keen on re-signing um you know even if he wins
3: yeah, it's all i mean uh but it's only his second ufc fight too so
2: isn't it his third no it's his oh, it second
3: yeah uh, oh yeah you're right you're right yeah i you know i keep forgetting
2: because i i've seen this guy for years yeah. um you know he's been around for uh, cast been around saw yeah. him fight Cat, sexy Mexi. yeah my boy sexy Mexi, and combate I've seen a w- more sexy Maxi than just about anybody yeah. on the planet. Um, yeah, I'm big, big sexy Maxi fan. Maybe
3: Campbell McLaren. Uh, maybe feel. maybe watch him fight more than you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I don't know if he's watching the UFC fights. Um, you know, he's uh he's got to build up those ratings. He's he he watches the shows a hundred thousand times, and that that's an hundred thousand extra viewers. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Ky- yeah, Kyler Phillips. Uh, you know, uh, he should win this and and bounce back. And uh, you know, he had won four in a row, coming into uh you know that loss to Paiva. So, uh, should be good. And then Nasrat Halkparast feels like a guy that we've talked a lot about on this show. Another guy, you know, he's. had that great fight with dan hooker uh in his last one um that you know where both of them were just like total warriors and he's got a tough fight with against bobby green um he's a guy that nobody ever wants to fight um you know there's there's no you can't win you know against bobby green like you either lose or you know you 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 win, but it's like a war. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody ever wants to fight that yeah. guy.
3: <laughs> and and Bobby Green, he had that great fight against Raphael Fiziev and the last time the UFC was in Houston and got a great reaction yeah. from the local crowd, so he's gonna be a huge fan favorite on this show. So very oh, very, right. that was, very that was the one very smart idea by the UFC to book him on this show because he's got a lot of popularity in Houston. Isn't there wasn't that the one where um
2: one of the judges scored like the round that was a 10-8 green round scored it for Fiziev? I I am almost positive. I remember that. Uh it was just brutal. Yeah, maybe uh <laughs> and I think it was that one guy, that one judge who only
3: judges in Houston. Yeah. No, um, I mean it was 30-27, 29-28, 29-28. So okay okay maybe i'm i remember but but yeah judging in this is texas and the mma judging in texas is always a a big talking point anytime that they're in houston dallas austin san antonio Fort worth you know you know something to pay attention to on this one there will be some bad scorecards we'll put it to you that way yeah for sure
2: Um, And then, uh, you know, when we do a pay-per-view show, like we always kind of go over the prelims as well, um, you know, in our preview. And really, like there's four like really good prelim fights here, like really like probably other than the top three fights. Like these four prelims are bigger fights than the other two main card fights. Um, We got, you know, former champion Andre Arlovski still kicking around uh, in the featured prelim um you know he's won four of his last five like i and and i swear to god like andre Olafsky's a better fighter now than he was when he was the ufc champion i i'll die on that hill um you know because the the quality of fighters was not close to what it is now when he was a champion and he's just a more well-rounded fighter um you know he he's a decision fighter now like it's funny because he had gone like years without ever going to a decision and now like Every fight goes to a decision, um, and uh, yeah, other than the you know the finish by Aspinall and Rosenstruck, every fight that he's had uh, since what like 2017 like has has gone to a decision. He's so on,
3: he's also um, he's also un, you know I, he, I, he's also undefeated since his first AEW television appearance. Oh, well, you're right. Gra- yeah, granted, that's right. Granted, that's right only on one that. fight. Yeah, he's one. But granted, that's only one fight, but still. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hey, he's won he's won two in a row and four of his last five. Yeah. And you know, and you know, he's beat Tanner Bowser. He beat Chase Sherman. Well, Chase Sherman sucks. But um, and he's going against the guy that I always think looks like John Moxley, even though he doesn't. Even though I say he does, Jared Vandera. Um, you know, hopefully definitely Jared doesn't Vandera look makes like John Moxley it. right now. In his last fight definitely doesn't look like Mox right now. No. Now that Moxie, knows. know. No, but there was the one fight, I think it was his debut where he just kinda looked like him. Oh I know, because Moxley's so like trim now. He's trim trim uh, he's yeah, trim. That's and,
3: what you mean. He's trimming a beefcake right
2: now. You know, he's not, you know. yeah. Yeah. A beefcake. I'm I'm not using those words. Uh but uh, yeah. It's a you south know, this park, it's a it's south park term.
3: Beefcake. Beefcake.
2: I know. I know.
3: Beefcake.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. With the uh that's God, you were like ten when that when that show was and on, and I've watched that South Park. Particular <laughs>
3: episode, I've watched South Park since day one. So <laughs> I know, I know, so did I. So did I. Uh,
0: I'm a cop, and you will respect my authority. Uh,
2: all right, uh, all right, um, right Paul. <laughs> yeah, so Jared Vander, you do it better than me, though. At least <laughs> Jared Vander. Well, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Ryan put me over. Look at that. Uh, Andre Arlofsky and Jared Vandera in the featured prelim. Uh, yeah, good. yeah, it should be a good fight. Should Should go the distance, I would think. And uh, Ar- Arlovsky should pick up another win here, I would think. Yeah, I agree. And then I believe this is the retirement fight for it Roxanne Matafari. I is. think she's already announced that. Yes, yeah, it announced it already. Yeah, against Casey O'Neill, unbeaten Scott. Um, you know, women's flyweight
3: fight. Uh, this is um, you got, you know, I mean, Monferris there to put her over. Yeah, you got to respect, but you got to respect Ro- Roxanne doing the doing the proper thing on retirement, going out, putting over the putting over the young veteran or the young the young prospect okay. who might be a champion one day. You know, this pure pro wrestling right yeah, here. Yeah, or.
2: Or she upsets her in her in her uh, you know fight. I mean, she did that before. She beat uh, Antonina a few years ago. She beat Macy Barber. Yeah, yeah, she but, did. I mean, I don't expect that to Casey, happen
3: here. But Casey O'Neil's much better than those two. So, uh, and yeah, so
2: yeah, we talked to yeah Casey O'Neill is uh you know she's. Three and zero in the UFC, all three wins by finish, which you don't see very often in in the women's divisions. So yeah, this and you know, and is much better striker than she was earlier in her career. But this will go to the ground at some point, and
3: Casey O'Neill will probably yeah. finish her when yeah. it gets there. Casey o- women's flyweight. Casey O'Neill, Aaron Blanchfield. If you if y'all are listening, if you see those two booked for fights, watch them. Those are those are two they're future champions you know even with valentine you know because Valentina is going to eventually eventually is going to lose or retire someday maybe who knows but you know these these girls are 24 and 21 yeah. so so even you know six years from now you know when they're when they hit their 30s they're going to be still ufc champion and contenders yeah I'm gonna have a hard time choking back the tears
2: when uh, Modaferry drops her gloves in the middle of the ring. I I'm not ashamed to admit that. I'm a big uh, Modaferry fan. Uh, and then we got a men's flyweight fight: uh, Alex Perez and Matt Chanel. Uh, you know, two guys. You know, Perez is ranked. Chanel isn't. Real good. Uh, I guess he's Ch- going down. Chanel,
3: right? Chanel's ranked at flyweight. Yeah. Is he real? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. We're gonna, oh, okay
3: we're gonna knock i on, didn't we're that. gonna knock on wood real quick on this fight because it's only this fight's been pushed back i think like three or four times already so hopefully you know it actually yeah. does happen <laughs> three times yeah because it was
2: supposed to have happened last may and then september and then december yeah so yeah um yeah i don't know why i thought uh i didn't realize he was ranked but uh well, because he fought his last fight at Bantamweight. Yeah. That's what it was. So, uh, yeah. So he's the list I'm looking at. He's actually listed as a Bantamweight. But uh, he's, yeah. So these guys are
3: both ranked. This is, you know, it's a, it's a, it should be a really good fight. Yeah. Mad fights are always yeah fun. Perez, Yeah. Perez hasn't fought since his title fight loss to uh, Davis and Figueredo back in November 2020. So he's coming off a long way off. And uh, kicking off the, uh, the, the main prelims
2: uh, is uh you know a beast William Knight against uh Maxime Grishin, who's a different kind of beast um and this this
3: should not last long yeah the only only thing would be uh Knight just took this fight like a couple of days ago so that would be the only thing holding him back is making sure you know he's you know fight ready but is he yeah. gonna make weight yeah Uh, I hope so. I mean, the dudes, I mean, we've seen him before. That dude is a (laughs) fucking monster for a light heavyweight. It's like, it's like him him and Alonzo Minifield. It's like, how do those guys make two of five? Because they look like NFL linebackers the both those guys just just muscular with the big shoulders and the big legs but but yeah i mean you know i've been really impressed with william knight even though you know he you know he's he's had a setback before but uh but yeah i mean i think you know if he comes in and he's in shape and i think he'll win this fight
2: yeah grisham's lost two of his last three so um you know he needs to win long time veteran you know he hasn't been in the UFC that long but he's fought he's fought 42 times in his career long time uh, M1 ve- uh veteran going all the way back to when M1 used to be on uh Showtime uh you know kind of in the uh, the Bellator they they aired the odd um M1 show and he was uh, featured in in there at that time Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be a good uh, light heavyweight fight to uh, kick off the the uh, main prelims and
3: uh, just take us through these early prelims. Okay. We got five, six fights right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That could change. We have six fight, six early prelims. So we got fifteen fights. Total on the card, you know, before any fight week stuff. But this last show, this past week, didn't have any COVID issues. So looks like we're kind of maybe a little past that. So, so but anyway, it uh, it uh it, the, the final fight of the early prelims, I'm going to start from end to, end to start. So we have a bantamweight fight, Mano Martinez against Ronnie Lawrence. Both these guys are in their second UFC fights. So Lawrence looked really good in his debut. Just a lot of takedowns, a lot of ground and pounding. And, and uh, but yeah, two lower level prospects. You know, should be a good fight. Uh, we have a lightweight fight: Alexander Hernandez against Renato Moicano. Kind of surprised this this fight's this low on the card. Like it could realistically have been yeah. on the main card. Kind of you know, but it's in the early prelims. So yeah, very interesting. Both these guys are really good. Uh, both of them have been ranked before. Both of them trying to get back in the rankings. Uh, Alexander Hernandez was kind of bitching about this fight, saying he doesn't know what a win does what a win does for him like uh, in the overall pitcher pitcher because he feels like he's better than moicano and moicano is kind of you know he's he's a little crazy crazy you know very dangerous on the ground on the ground too both these you know this that should be a good fight uh we got a light heavyweight fight carlos olberg training partner of israel adesanya against fabio charant uh I mean, Olberg's 0-1 in his one UFC fight. Uh, Chiron's 0-2. Both these guys are looking for the first win. Both of them are strikers. I uh, don't see this uh, lasting past the first round. Uh, then we have a middleweight fight. A.J. Dobson, undefeated fighter, coming off the Contender Series against uh, Jacob Malkoon a Robert Whitaker training partner. Uh, Dobson's got tons of potential. I think this is going to be a showcase fight for him. Malkoon is... He's okay, you know. He's 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 in the UFC because of Robert Whitaker being a training partner. But he's he's only got like five or six fights. He did beat uh, uh, Abdul Razak all Allis in his last fight. Very, it was an impressive win, but I think you know Dobson's going to run through him. Uh, we have a bantamweight fight: Douglas Silva de Andrade against Sergey Morozov. Uh, kind of just this is the one fight that kind of feels <laughs> out of place on this show you know a brazilian against a russian yeah. a russian you know and none of these guys are really have any connection to houston or any other fight you know fighters on this card so but yeah, you know uh Andrade, you know has some can have some exciting fights so so can razov it's, it's a fight and then we kick off tonight with a welterweight fight jeremiah wells against another israel adesanya training partner is is his real name is mike mathitha but most people will know him as by his nickname of blood diamond he's a huge kickboxing just an absolute freak kickboxing guy i mean just he's knockout artist in kickboxing he's a great signing he's only three and oh in mma and hasn't fought you know MMA in a while, but I mean he's he's a lot like Israel Israel I mean and those guys are mirror images and, yeah and you know he could be somebody like Alex Pereira who, who you know recent signed recent signing he could be like that just a guy you don't want to you don't want to trade with on the feet so I mean he could have an impressive debut and Wells is an action fighter so yeah yeah that should be a really good fight.
2: Yeah, so yeah, ten ten prelim fights in total. Four on the you know, the main prelims and then six early prelims. Uh it's what time's the show schedule to start? It's, like usually it's it's five.
3: It, I mean the schedule it, the schedule uh I got the PR schedule. Probably four thirty. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah
3: oh, the PR schedule. they didn't haven't put out the they haven't sent out the they've said oh you know what it says 6 eastern here so they yeah, they're I, really I, scheduled to go up to, i have a feeling they're going to get 6 fights in in 2 hours i have a feeling it's going to start sooner than that i mean i mean that's okay. that's what it's i think they always have it as a I think realistically it'll start at five thirty Eastern, four thirty Central time. Uh, yeah, that's the, kind of where the I
2: mean. uh, the if if all these fights happen.
3: Yeah, which yeah, if they all happen, it, the event schedule that we've been sent out for media covering covering the fight it has every, it has all the events except for Saturday, which makes me think that they haven't finalized the Saturday schedule yet, as far as like doors opening and when the first fight starting so so yeah the schedule currently says five eastern or six eastern time five central but if you're listening expect uh, assuming all 15 fights stay on the card expect the show to start earlier
2: and expect me to dm you uh, on saturday afternoon and ask you when the first fight
3: is. Yes. I'll, um I, I so, might get ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I might get ahead of you once I find out for sure when when I get down yeah. to Houston in a couple Actually, of days. Actually
2: no, you know what? I won't be doing that. That's right, I won't be doing that cuz I'll be uh we'll probably be having lunch or something uh, cuz yeah, we're we're checking into the hotel at like 4, so. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah, so I'll watch the, I'll watch the prelims when, later when the wife goes to sleep, Paul gets to watch the fights. That's how it goes exactly
2: exactly after we uh no you know what i talked about uh i talked about what we'll do later on on the dynamite show and that's for the patreon so uh you you just get the pg version here Um, that's all that's all that's all uh, I I i need to
3: know i just need to know the pg version
2: exactly yeah i don't want to traumatize you uh so that is ufc 271 from houston ryan will be covering it there live for the observer for uh well, he'll have his preview on Fight Game Media later this week. And uh, and then we'll be recapping it on the Patreon and then on, uh, on our show next week. So that is it for UFC 271. And, uh, you know, we have to talk about, um, we don't really have much this week, but uh, I guess what we can talk about is uh, something that we first brought up last week,
3: um, which I think it was still a rumor last week. But uh, now it's official. Yeah, for this week, or we had to talk about segment. We're gonna talk about the Ultimate Fighter because yes, the coaches have been officially announced. Like we talked about last week, it's Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunez. But uh, also the cast was announced this past week. You know, it's heavyweights, yeah, heavyweights and women's flyweights, and I mean, there's not a lot. There, there, you know, as for, you know, as far as like names, the biggest name on the on the show definitely is a uh, in the heavyweight is a uh, Muhammad Usman, like Kamaro's brother, yeah, who's fought PFL and all and all those. He has to be like, I would guess he's the favorite, maybe, you know. So, so you know, there's, you yeah. know, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that uh, you know he's having to get on this way. Yeah, I mean they. I'm sure you know they they wanted somebody kind of know, kind of known. So so it kind of makes sense. Makes sense. I mean it's yeah he's probably better off doing this than than the contender series. So anyway, as far as the um the go ahead.
2: Oh, I was going to say the the um the the women's uh list is pretty bad. Um, I, the only name I even recognize is, uh, Caitlin Neal, uh, cause she's been in Invicta and, uh, even fought a Bellator fight, uh, you know, a few years back, yeah. but I mean, most, most of them are like pretty close
3: to 500 records. Yeah. The only, um, the only one I know is Juliana Miller cause she's, she trains with, uh, Uh, in San Diego with Angela Hill Jessica Panay Casagano, all the all those, and she's trained here locally in Fort Worth and, and she's done some submission underground and some of those grappling events that have been on UFC Fight Pass and she's also kind of been a you know Instagram kind of Phenom a little bit. Oh know, yeah, for for the MMA followers on there, but that's the only one I know on that. I don't really know a lot of these people on, this show, on Actually, the show.
2: Actually, so. uh, Catherine Paprocki. Catherine Paprocki is somebody we both watched. She was on the contender series this year. Yeah, she lost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, really uh, to Maria Silva. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I recognized that name, and I just looked it up. And for some reason, now I want to say Helen Peralta yeah. is somebody yeah. that I believe. And, and, I, and I've heard I of Brogan.
3: I've heard of Brogan Walker as well.
2: So. Yeah. So I mean, it's they're not like huge yeah. names. Yeah. Helen Peralta. Yeah, she's actually won a couple couple times on Invictus, so yeah. that's where I know. Her, uh, I get. Basically, and she fought bare knuckle fighting. That's where I saw her yeah she that's i remember that yeah i saw her in bare knuckle fighting yeah but uh, so yeah
3: it's i mean didn't you yeah yeah and of course you got Pena and nunez as coaches uh yeah the they start filming uh I think this week because today today was media day for for at least the coaches Pena and Nunez had had their you know big day with the media there in Las Vegas and and then did a stare down uh, Nunez talked a little bit about leaving American Top team she said that opening opening her own private gym was something she always wanted to do do before she ended her career her career she's a uh, she's gonna work with some co- some coaches that you know she she's worked with in the past, you know, and a lot of them who were there in her early part of her career, her career and, and when she first became champion, but hadn't left American top team for, you know, a bunch of reasons. And, and Nunez said she is always kind of like, you know, she's always, she shouldn't have any like falling out, falling out with, you know, Dan Lambert or anybody. There's relationships still there. I think her gym's going to end up being like an affiliate of some sort. Some sort. I mean, so like, like you know the whole holy shit. What?
2: Oh, okay. Um, sorry. I I am distracted. Um, I got check out the DM
3: I just sent you. Okay. On Twitter, yeah. Do you recognize that guy? Is that Rob McDonald, uh, also known as Yeah, as a. Bobby Maximus, yeah, he's yeah. on the Ultimate Fighter.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> he he's, oh my God. like he's uh so Bobby Maximus, aka Rob McDonald, was on the second season of the Ultimate Fighter, lost to Brad Imes. Uh, Got a UFC fight in 2006. uh, Actually, two UFC fights in 2006. He won his last one. No, three. Sorry. Fought three times in UFC, all in 2006. He went one and two. And uh, hasn't fought since 2009. And he's going to be on The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah.
3: Yeah. How do we bury that lead? I kind of forgot to bring it up, bring it up because I was, yeah, that's the the change the change of the names was kind of one of those things where like I yeah. don't think they were well, tra- I wouldn't have I don't think they were trying to to get people to to. Uh, realize it that you know but uh, well they can't not bring that up yeah it's been it's already been brought up on social media since Saturday so no no but uh, I mean in the show
2: like they have to talk about it on the show yeah because i mean that's i saw the name and i'm like I don't i'm know
3: wondering the why and they, then then i saw and i'm wondering why they put him on the show at 43 years old with a five and four record <laughs> and not having fought since then so there has to be some course yeah and that picture i showed you is from 2006 so who there knows has to be like some now? sort of story there but anyway, back on yeah, back on Nunez. Yeah, sorry, back on Nunez. <laughs> Your freak out thing there was kind of like getting me concerned. I was like, did something bad happen? <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, but uh, yeah, Nunez. I mean, shouldn't have a falling out with American Top Team like Brandi Rhodes like to claim in front of Dan Lambert's face on on <laughs> Dynamite. You know, it was a pretty much mutual. They knew, but uh, yeah, Nunez. Uh, she was saying today. She uh, told Giuliana Pena, "Enjoy your time as champion because you're you're not going to be champion very long." So, so yeah, it should be an interesting dynamic yeah. between between the two, you know. So, filming should be starting any day now for the show, and uh, as far as when they're going to fight. Uh, probably august is what i'm guessing uh this is just guessing i don't know for for sure coming it won't uh, yeah uh, i don't i it's too early to say i don't think it'll be on the international fight week card because that would be while the show is still airing because uh, the show right the show debuts may 3rd so as they do uh, i think it's i think they still do 12 episodes uh you know i don't think they do 10 now i think they still do 12 which which would mean the last episode would be middle of july and they usually it's very rare for the coaches to fight while the show is still going on even though it it'll have been taped already but you know so I, i see i see them fighting in august or so yeah, they usually they'll do like
2: the the uh, I mean, they don't even call it tough finale anymore. It's just fight night, but uh, they'll do like the finale and then they'll have the coaches fight like a week or two later is usually what they've been doing the last few years. Um, so, yeah, so that's the, the ultimate fighter. So check out, uh, you know, all these women you never heard of and uh, old Bobby Maximus, 43 uh, year old, uh, you know, UFC veteran uh, trying to, you know, make a big comeback. He, he might uh, surpass Julian Arosa for uh, comeback story of the year uh depending on whatever happens there uh you know he's gonna have his- in tough against Mohammed Usman, though. Um, so uh, before we go, we should just uh, run down the uh, some quick news items, um, w- which I guess leading off would be uh, uh, I'm going to lead off with. I don't think this had. Br-
3: go ahead. Okay, go ahead. you lead off with whatever you want. Hopefully it's the same thing. Well, I was going to say Henry Cejudo. Oh, no. No, I'm doing something different because this is something that just happened today. But uh, Kamar Usman had, had his surgery today for his uh, the torn ligaments okay. in his hand. Uh, if you like gross pictures, go check out Dana White's Twitter and Instagram because he decided to post pictures of Usman's hand in the middle of surgery. So you know, there's always that if you want to see some see some cool. Looks. No, I don't. I don't. But uh, I'll any- just go. <laughs> I'll just go look at some TikTok videos. Yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah. So so, uh, uh, Usman's manager Lee. Uh, Uh, Ali Abdelaziz said, uh, looks like he'll be able to fight in July. So, so it could be international fight week, him against Leon Edwards, you know, or him against Conor McGregor. Cool. (laughs) I'm just kidding there. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, well, but but anyway, that's going to happen at some point. (laughs) We'll see. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see when we get there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Uh so yeah, Cejudo, Uh I don't think this had broken yet last week. Well, we uh, we, talk, when we talked. We talked uh, about it on
3: the show because Chell Chel had brought it up. Did we? Okay. But we had talked about okay, che, yeah. Chell saying that Cejudo told him that he went back in the testing pool. Yeah, you're right, because I brought up, you know, him fighting Jan. Yeah. And then of course, Henry this week saying, you know, no he hasn't, so I mean, it's Henry Soudo's word against Chelsea's word. I mean, like <laughs> who the I guess I'm gonna yeah. well <laughs> like yeah. like the truth the truth is the truth is definitely in the middle somewhere there. I mean obviously if yeah. Suhoudo is any interest in fighting anytime soon, he's gotta be in the testing pool for six months before he can fight again so so i mean there's a yeah, it's he uh, he hasn't been tested in 2021 as from the last time i looked up looked up the testing results as long as those are accurate because i don't know how accurate their 2022 quarter one results are because they have some people who aren't even on the roster who are listed as having been tested in the first quarter of 2022 so who knows <laughs>
2: Um yeah, I, one thing I thought was funny was uh, I was listening to uh, Wrestling Observer Radio on Friday and you know, our buddy Garrett was talking with Dave and mentioning uh something that Dave, you know, you know, broke some news in the Observer that you had already talked about like 2 weeks ago I think uh in in that was the um the Brooklyn show getting moved to Jacksonville and uh but the the key thing there that they talked about too is Max Holloway and he is basically going to be ready to fight you know by the time that we finally get the um you know Korean Zombie and Alexander Volkanovsky fight so I guess Vol- Vol-
3: Holloway will probably weigh in as a potential sub for that fight I mean uh I mean, nothing's been like cleared there, but yeah, Max got, Max got cleared from his injury to train, you know, this past week. So he's, you know, he, he said he's going to be training just in case, you know, something happens to either guy. Calvin Cater said the same thing. He's going to be training just in case, you know, he gets ready for either guy, you know, well, I saw there was yeah. saw a lot of people talking about, you know, after he got cleared, like, why are they still doing the Volkanovsky Korean zombie fight? Well, I mean, originally that fight was going to be in March and then, you know but got moved back because, because the Colby and Jorge fight came together really quickly, really quickly. And then at the same time, when you booked that fight, you didn't know Max was going to be cleared this soon. They had no idea he was going to be cleared no, this soon. No, you and
2: can't, you, can't you can't
3: take away the title shot from Zombie. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And uh, Volkanovski didn't want to wait. He, didn't wanna, he wanted to fight in March. You know, he's <laughs> fighting in A- April. So, I mean, it's, so it's just... I mean, it's just one of those situ- situations. You had no idea when Max was gonna be clear cleared. I mean, the whenever I heard heard that, you know, whenever he was taken out of the fight I heard originally, it could be months before he's cleared to return. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody expected him to be cleared cleared, you know, within a month. So so it's just, you know, it's you know, everybody's just like, just go back to the original. It's just like, no, just let let's do Volkanovsky yep. and Korean zombie. Zombie deserves a title fight I mean everybody wants to see him in a title fight just let it happen And Max can fight the winner it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know exactly won, So, and then they can fight they
2: can probably go on that uh, you know unless one of the one of these guys gets hurt they could probably
3: fight in on that August show with uh, Nunez and Payne August September whenever yeah, yeah it's, just, it's just you know don't yeah. I mean yeah. Max you know he he's hurt I mean you know just because just because he just got cleared this week you don't need to be rushing him into a fight in April give him some so give him some time you know the dude also just got married married not that long ago let him enjoy life a little bit you know yeah um
2: and then yeah, the other notable thing i thought from your column uh was uh paul daly uh is uh, going to be fighting his last fight in may you know long long time veteran of ufc bellator strike force elite xc i think um he uh yeah he's been around forever um, you know, he was kind of blackballed from UFC, you know, at, uh, famously at one point, and uh, he's going to be fighting in London. Uh, I don't even remember who he's fighting. I don't think. Uh, but, I don't think they've announced anything. Just said he's going to be on the card. Oh, okay. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, I, I always want to say MVP, uh, but I don't think they're doing that fight again. Yeah, no, because no, MVP is fighting for the title. Um, but yeah, that's uh, so. Yeah, Paul Day is going to call it a career, and you know, you never say never in MMA, but I would say never for this one because he's been around forever and kind of you know think he kind of half retired a few times already so this might be it for him Um yeah anything else you want to go over uh, uh
3: just, the fights just a couple of fights noble fights there wasn't a whole lot major announced this week but but just a few few fights to look at that I wanted to go over uh uh UFC Nine in Columbus March 26 uh has a heavyweight fight added Alexi olenek against Iller Latifi that kind of is a fight that kind of makes sense for both guys so at this point so yeah wasn't Oleanik was he was just supposed to fight somebody else He's supposed to fight was Greg it? Hardy but uh I don't or, right. for the reason yeah. why he he pulled out and then and then Hardy got hurt and all that. But anyway, yeah, that show yeah. that show still needs a main event. You know, they don't have one yet since it since it lost it, you know, Columbus. That era. ain't it. And that's not definitely not it. But uh <laughs> yeah, everything the only other thing, uh May twenty first, a pair of fights. First off, the main event of that show is gonna be Holly Holm against Catelyn Vieira. Yeah, I mean it's, I mean it's a fight night card. It'll probably be at the Apex. Yeah, Apex. So yeah, Holly Holmes Holly is a main eventer. event. Main eventer, so, so, so yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you have Alexander Gustafson staying at heavyweight for now, even though he talked about going back to light wow. heavyweight. Uh, he's going to fight Ben Rothwell. So that, that should be an interesting fight. That's tough. Yeah. 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 And Gustafson. Yeah. Gustafson was doing an interview today. He was talking about Kamzot because they're because they're friends and training partners and they come from the same camp and Gustafson said that Kamzat is literally the hardest training fighter he's ever seen and seen and Gustafson admitted that like admitted that if he if he himself trained as hard as Kamzat did he would have been he would have been heavy been been like heavyweight champion but uh, just you know kind (laughs) of kind of giving props to Comzat so you know
2: uh, only other one I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, cause he's a good old oh. Canadian boy and, uh, a big favorite of, uh, guy, I think he listens to the show, Connor, uh, Connor McEwen from, uh, our old, uh. You know, the UFC betting pool that we that you used to do, that I still do. Um, he's a big TJ Laramie fan. And he's fighting Melsik Bagdajarian on April sixteenth, yeah, an- UFC fight night.
3: Another one, another one, you know, from uh, an- another one that you person you like on UFC two seventy three, April 9th Anthony Fluffy Hernandez fighting Albert Durayev. Oh yeah. And Albert Durayev is one of those guys from the Contender series who wants to fight yeah. every week. So that should be an interesting fight as well on that show. In Jacksonville, in Jacksonville, you know what's Florida. funny is
2: you mentioned Fluffy, and, and I was for some reason I'm glad I didn't do it when you were going over the prelims of this week's show. Uh, it was like
3: Alexander Hernandez, and I thought that was Fluffy, no. but that's not Fluffy. No, Alexander is Alexander fluffy. the Great Hernandez, the one who the great, the, yeah. the one who oh. shit talked Donald Cerrone and then and then got the shit kicked out of him by Cerrone. Yeah
2: yep uh yeah so and then we've also you know if uh ufc isn't enough for you uh there's a bunch of other stuff going on this weekend uh we got a one championship show i think they got an app that you can watch a show on at 5 a.m on on uh you know from the same place the olympics are happening yet yeah, nobody's watching that show um I mean, and it's not a great showtime it's, fc it's a
3: day of shame because that main event between oh bibiano Cliff fernandez and, and john Lineker. That's yeah a, that's a hell of a fight right there that's one of the best non ufc yeah. fights, fights you can make in you know in mma yeah Bibiano Fernandez, uh, you know, they it, they say it's the one
2: featherweight championship. It's really the bantamweight yeah, championship because yeah. they all fight one weight class up. But yeah, John Lineker and, and Bibiano Fernandez is uh, insane. And with the rules in one, it's even more insane. Um, and then we got Showtime FC on UFC Fight Pass on Friday as well as Fury FC and LFA 124 all airing a UFC Fight Pass back to back to back. So uh you know
3: you, you can watch MMA all day and all yeah, night that, Friday if you want. That, apparently that Showtime FC one may undergo a, a change of names before the show on on Friday. Yeah I was wondering like what they're calling it Showtime? I mean it's Anthony Pettis. Is that is it it's Anthony, Anthony Pettis promotion? Yeah. Apparently he's just going to to have to rename it after himself because I think there's already a Showtime FC and they I think they... Yeah. He, he mentioned something today of getting a notice about the name of the show so I wonder yeah. if he got a cease and desist. Well, I was going to say like you would see that and you would think okay it's probably
2: airing on showtime but no it's airing on ufc fight pass um and yeah and that you fear fc is the one where i think they were advertising it on the show last week where they're giving away a ufc contract no, that the was winner of the main event
3: yeah that was the fac on this pass. that was just that happened. oh was it that okay. happened yesterday okay. and and that was a, but that was gotta figure danis that was a whole controversy too yesterday oh, okay but Dana will probably be at that uh, Humble, Texas show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's Humble's in the suburbs of Houston. So and Fury FC is a promotion we always talk about on here as, you know, one of those promotions that's basically, you know, it's like LFA. It's a UFC feeder promotion. You know, guy, guys who get on the contender series contender series go you know come from there and guys who get cut from the ufc they go they go there to fight because it's a way to keep your name you know because th- these are the shows that that Mick Maynard and sean shelby are watching the to, fi- to find guys
2: yeah. So that is uh, Friday on UFC Fight Pass. Packed, loaded night on uh, Friday. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for this show. Uh,
3: Ryan, you'll have, I mentioned earlier, Re- your preview coming up later real this quick, week. Real quick before we, we go oh. to, uh, we got the Super Bowl on Sunday. Do you have a, you know, Bengals and, oh, yeah. Bengals and Rams? Do you have a pick? <sighs> I mean, you know, I'm going to pick the Bengals just because
2: of uh, my co-host Jeff. Uh, you know, he's got to win, and I think he's mortgaging his house to get a Super Bowl ticket. So, um, yeah, I, I hope he, I hope he wins. Yeah, I think the Rams. You? What about you? I think
3: the Rams are going to win it. So,
2: yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't think I'm going to put a bet on. Uh, you know, I like to do the props, so I'll probably like bet on you know the length of the, uh, of the national anthem, and uh, you know maybe like MVP. I like to throw like a long odds MVP um you know like i aaron Donald
3: would probably be like the favorite cooper i think uh, so
2: cooper cup <laughs> cooper cups a long shot yeah uh, no, no, no. he's not long know, he a long shot
3: bangles he's not a long shot he should be a favorite to be in super bowl MVP. right so
2: i like the long shots like so i probably want like a Bengals like secondary receiver or something like that to uh you know burrow will be a favorite
3: as as will um who's uh stafford's the yeah. Rams quarterback right yeah yeah i mean i mean Cooper Cup will probably be the favorite. So I mean, you could maybe look at look at Jamar Chase, Aaron Donald. Then yeah, you could look at Jamar Chase from uh, the Bengals wide receiver, and even even Joe Mixon. Yeah. Look at okay. the odds there for those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, if running back, right? Yeah, even yeah. even All guys right. like yeah, even like, like. Cam, even like Cam Akers from the Rams, you know or. Even o- Odell, who knows, who knows what this game could be.
2: Put it this way: if if Aaron Donald is uh, is more than a five to one underdog, I think I'm going to put money on him.
3: Yeah, because uh,
2: you know they haven't given it to a defensive player in a while. And he's he and he's a monster. He's he, yeah, he's ridiculous. He could he could run up like four or five sacks, and if he does, they'll just love to give him yeah, the MVP. Yeah,
3: especially especially that that Bengals offensive line is the big question mark going into that game. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'll be I'll definitely be watching.
2: It's the one NFL game I watch every year. Yeah. You know, start to finish. Um, you know, I, I usually check out the highlights, and you know, sometimes watch the red zone yeah. during the regular season. Yeah. But I'll get
3: I'll get I home. From, definitely be. Watching. I'll get home from Houston before the game starts. That's for sure. Is the All- is the NBA All Star game this weekend too? Don't think so. I think it's next weekend. I thought it was. I think it's the same. Oh, okay. I think it's okay. the same day as the Daytona Five Hundred oh yeah February 20th um
2: all right so that that is gonna just about wrap it up I just the only thing I wanted to plug for myself like Ryan's got his uh coverage of the in the Observer and we mentioned earlier and uh his preview I've got uh my Dynamite show on um on the patreon on wednesday and then of course we'll have our review on the patreon on sunday but i also will i also recorded a show that's going to be airing on the grandpa des youtube channel um we're reviewing just one of the guys 80s classic teen comedy um if you haven't watched it watch it and then listen to our show we had a lot of fun talking about that just went over about 40 minutes um and uh, that'll be dropping tomorrow uh well today as you're listening at around uh 7 o'clock Eastern on uh, Grandpa Dez's YouTube channel. So check that out. And uh, so that's going to just about do it. So
3: uh, uh, I'm Paul, and uh, Ryan, why don't you wrap it up like you always do? (laughs) All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and have a great week. Go Bengals!